is the Full Metal Podcast, Episode 9, for July 2011. My name is Ed. My name is Zach. And my name is Steve. And my name is Jason. And on this episode, we're bringing you all sorts of Full Metal Alchemist goodness. We have Trina Nishimura, voice of Lanfan from Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Uh, we'll also have our final part of my initial viewing of FMA, the original series, from Funimation. So, and to top off the show... Zach has a few announcements. We do have a few announcements. If you hadn't heard last week, we have a really cool contest going on. You could win an interview with pretty much any Funimation voice actor uh, who has been on Full Metal Alchemist. So all you have to do to win a 15-minute interview with them is send in a video of you in however creative way you want, uh, kind of showing us what you'd ask and why you want to interview that particular person. Uh, the contest ends when the uh, DVD comes out, which is we're going to talk about more in the news, but that has been pushed back to uh, Part 5 is coming out uh, don't, August don't 2nd. Don't blow the surprise. Don't blow the surprise. No, but yet. that's that's when the uh, contest ends now, August ah. 2nd. So it has been extended, so it is important to say that now. So you guys have until August 2nd. Tell all your friends if you haven't. I know you're that might not be in your best interest, but you should <laughs> anyway. Uh, and you could also win Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood Part 5. The winner will also get that. Uh, one other big announcement, and that is Full Metal Podcast finally has a working forum. Uh, we have combined all of our production efforts into one forum. So you could go to roftelforums.com. That's R-A-F-T-E-L forums.com. Uh, and we have a whole Full Metal Alchemist section, an anime, manga, and podcast section. So you could comment in any of those. And uh, one of our members uh, was nice enough to make a haiku slash poem section so thanks samwise 78 for putting that together uh don't be afraid of one piece fans it's filled with all types of fans it's going to get even more varied in the future so go in there have fun talk about some full metal alchemists that's once again roftelforums.com we'll put a link on the main site as well so those are the two big pieces of news contest go do that uh email the contest entries by the way to fullmetalpodcast at gmail.com or uh, you could put them on YouTube and send the YouTube link to us at that same address. Um, that ends, again, August 2nd. Very cool. Okay, I guess that will end our introduction segment, and uh, we'll move on to the news and releases. Full Metal Podcast. Okay, now it's time for the news and releases, and Jason has some information for us. Yes, well, the first bit is that the final set of Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood has been uh, pushed back to August 2nd, so it's just one week. So, we're still finishing the anime before the manga, so, eh. It's, I guess it's that'll be one a, week. It'll be an Otakon exclusive, I suppose, before a street yeah. date. Yeah. Um, right stuff may have it before then. Who knows? But yeah, the, the, the usual bit. So if you pre order non right stuff, you'll still have it by a regular date, probably. All right. Um, the next bit of news is that uh, there's been uh, the Fullmetal Alchemist film was uh, celebrated with uh, 23 uh, dishes. And what that is uh, for the movie coming out, um, 
at Tokyo's uh, Namco Nanda Town, they'll host a campaign that features uh, 23 desserts and entrees with Full Metal Alchemist themes. And this is going to be uh, June 25th to July 24th, and that's if you happen to be in Japan. So um, that's Namja Town. Uh, basically, it's an indoor uh, theme park in uh, Tokyo's, and I'm going to butcher this, uh, Ikebukuro Ward. So that's that's correct, Kuro, right? Yeah, that was in Durara a lot. Yeah, that's where all the characters in Durara live. Yeah. yeah. Ah. I just sounds. Like, just saw the first episode. Yeah, I'm, I'm still. I thought the, the fans. You watched it on, you watched it on TV, didn't you? I did watch it on TV. It's it's good. I like it. How was it on hey. TV? Uh, I don't it know, follows they, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, or is yes. it preceded? It they bleeped it. out the word shit, and I don't know. I felt like it was a slow start, but I'll keep with it. It's funny. Keep, keep your eyes open for a friend of the podcast, Patrick Seitz. Play I a heard of Big, I big heard black him. Russian guy. He is He's hilarious. He great. He was great. <laughs> but anyway, back to the Full Metal Alchemist news, Jason. Yeah, so the movie's coming out July 2nd. That's just a reminder in case you happen to be in Japan. In other movie news, four minutes of the new movie have been released on the Full Metal Alchemist, um, the movie website. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Uh, well, basically, like you said, it's a four-minute clip. So we'll link to that so people could get to that easily, right? Now, have any of you watched it besides me? Zach, I, I think I have. It was. It was. It looks really, really nice. It. it the animation's very different. So if you're yeah, not, the, the, in the animation, it's bones. I mean, it's still bones, but it doesn't. It doesn't look either like the original. It looks series like, or like Miyazaki. No, it actually. It, it looks more like. Uh, crap! I'm forgetting his name, but he directed Summer Wars and the uh, One oh, Piece uh, Six. Hosoda. Yeah, it. It kind of looks like. Um, I don't uh, really homage agree. to Hosoda. It's. It's. It's sort of. I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll a little. Uh, yeah. It's only it's only four minutes, and maybe it's not finished. So we'll we'll see when the movie comes out. Uh, Jason, I also want to mention. Uh, we noticed this on the One Piece podcast, but uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, uh, the uh, movie as well, uh, will be at uh, Japan Expo in France this weekend. So if you're in France for some reason, uh, you could see that early. I think that's before the release date, or at yeah, the release and date. that, and that was also. Um, Funimation had announced it. I think we recorded the episode yeah, yeah. Right before they made the announcement. I think we so. threw it in at the end that Funimation picked it up. But no, Funimation has the movie, so that's that's good news. I, we never got yeah. to talk so, about it. it. It was a pretty cool fight scene that they had there, and there was also uh, an interesting map that they use. But it's all in Japanese, so I had no idea what they're saying. Oh, yeah, it looked like they expanded the world a little bit, so that, that looks cool. And then again, it's a movie, so what? how much could they possibly add? Well, it didn't... Uh, didn't they, uh, that was from the creator, I, I think it was, like, with the blessing, the story, was it from her, or was it with her blessing, I forget. I, well, the original series of FMA was with her blessing. No, no, no I think, but, I, yeah, but I'm not sure which one the movie is. You've seen my issues with that. Yeah. Anyway, it's kind of, we're kind of, kind of getting off topic. Yeah, yeah, so. Jason, what's the, what's the rest of the news? The next bit of news is, um, that we have the manga sales for the first half of the year, and, uh, Full Metal Alchemist has made it onto the list, and as far as uh, by volume, uh, volume 27 was number 5, so that goes from uh, November 22nd to May 22nd, and uh, that was the only one on the list, the final volume, and if you look at uh, by series, I don't even think it's on here, so yeah, Fullmetal Alchemist is over, so we're not going to really be seeing it on these lists as much. So it usually was number three to give you uh, 
feedback of how it was prior years because I know we didn't cover it back then. But. Yeah, right. But there's um, also some good news about the uh, the American manga. Yes, uh, on a New York Times bestseller uh, for the week of June 12th to the 18th, uh, volume 25 was uh, number three. So it's actually an improvement from the week before when it first came out. It was number four on the list, so it managed yeah. to go up there, which is which is pretty cool. Yeah, so that's a little bit nice. Uh, speaking of the English manga, they are going to be releasing a graphic novel box set, which is um, volumes one through twenty-seven plus uh, the Fullmetal Alchemist novel, the ties that uh, bind, and the full color two-sided poster along with that and all of that is going to be well the retail price is 220 bucks but on right stuff you can find that for 165 and that comes out in uh early november yeah november 1st with additional sales you could probably get that down lower i think it was 133 when they had the funimation i mean really uh, what's your price per volume it's practically like five to five six dollars per volume to buy that but it's a bulk it's the bulk price yes i want to do that since i don't have a ton of the fma volume so it would actually be worth it for me but Mm -hmm. uh i don't know that's a lot of money. you don't have you don't really have that much money all at once do you uh not for a couple months when the government gives me some Nice. Yeah. The government can give you money. Yeah, but then you have to pay it back for the rest of your life. Dog. <laughs> That's how <laughs> they get here, you. And and here I thought I was so close. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you're old, it'll give you money, and you don't have to pay it back. I'm old. Give me, give me, give me, give me. <laughs> well, another you owe a dollar. Another cheap uh, way to buy the manga, though, is uh, they that was Futurama, release, wasn't it? They started releasing the omnibuses. Um, Basically, volumes one through three have uh, been announced as the first omnibus, which came out earlier this month, June 7th. And it's about uh, 15 bucks, but it's, you know, like 12 bucks you can find it for. And then um, volumes uh, four through six, the second omnibus, comes out August 2nd. And we even have a listing for the third omnibus, uh, volume seven through nine, which is October 4th. Very cool. Um, Is that it for the news, Jason? That's all I got. Very cool. Let's move on to the interview. Let's do it. Full Metal Podcast. We're here today with uh, Trina Nishimura, the voice of Lanfan in Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Hello, Trina. Welcome to the show. It's good to have you on. It's uh, we've already we've had your uh, your Shingi's counterpart Todd Habercorn on here already, so it's nice to get the other half of the combination. The prettier half, to be fair. <laughs> to be fair. Now That's all true. we now all we need is Tina Ballard. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. All right. So um, st- starting off with you and your career, when did you start acting? Um, I've been acting most of my life. I guess I started. Uh, locally with my community theater in my hometown of Amarillo, Texas, the Amarillo Little Theater. Um, I started auditioning when I was like maybe nine Mm -hmm. and just kind of, I guess, found my niche and kept going. So I've been acting off and on throughout my, my existence, my ridiculously dramatic existence. Um, now, when did voice acting or possibly doing anime become sort of an option, or when did that present itself to you? Um, I was in college, and um, a friend of mine was a sound engineer for Funimation, 
And um, I was a good college student, i.e. I was broke. So I was doing what all college students do. <laughs> no, that's um, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, I know everyone can relate to that. So I was working, like, a few jobs and complaining one night about how, like, I don't understand why everyone's broke in college and blah, blah, blah. And my friend was like, well, if you want um, to make some extra scratch, like, I know that he knew that I had um, acted before and stuff like that. And he was like, well, we're um, holding auditions for, at the time, it was Desert Punk. And so he asked if I wanted to audition. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'll try that out. And um, I called I mean, you can't do it today. Like, today there's, like, a three-year-long waiting list. Um, but I called the number that he gave me and spoke with the talent coordinator, and she um, reluctantly squeezed me in, and I auditioned for Desert Punk and got cast, I guess it was, like, seven years ago, I think. Um, it was a long time ago. But I auditioned mm-hmm. for Desert Punk and got cast, and luckily uh, they <laughs> continued to cast me. So that's kind of how I broke in if you will um so I didn't I wasn't terribly familiar with anime prior to that I mean a few of like I I had seen Cowboy Bebop and um Samurai Champloo and stuff like that but the the adult swim classics (laughs) yeah totally I mean there's totally it's the best anime to get into is like the classic and work your way up I think so you mentioned that you were in college in the Dallas area. You, you moved from Amarillo to the, the Dallas area to go to college? Um, I actually I did. I went to Amarillo College, community college, for a year mm-hmm. um, after I graduated. And then I moved to Denton, Texas, which is in the Dallas area. It's about 45 minutes from it's, Dallas. It's um, University of North Texas, right? Uh-huh. Go oh. Eagles! I'm familiar, I'm familiar <laughs> with the area, yeah. Um, I think we're eagles. We're either eagles or we're some sort of arthritic hand. I don't know. Everyone <laughs> always does this arthritic hand sign, so I never really was quite sure. I'm pretty sure it's eagles. <laughs> and you studied acting there? Or? Um, no, I actually was um, studying English. My plan was to go into maritime law after I graduated, so I got a degree in English with a focus on composition, uh, minor in French because I love the language, and modernism, and there's a lot of French in modernism. Uh, and um, it, um, my second minor was international relations with a focus on diplomacy. So I had this grand plan to um, to go into law and then found something that made me really happy. And so it just kind of worked out. Like I graduated from college and got a grown-up job, per se, and um, I still did a little bit of voice work and stuff on the side, but I, I guess it was just, like, you know when you find your niche, and I had found my niche, so I just stayed. You sound like everyone. You sound like everyone that Zach and I went to college with. We went to school in D.C., so everyone was... was yeah, a, we were oh, both like that. Yeah. <laughs> Interna- international relations, foreign languages, English, stuff like that. Right. <laughs> well, it's D.C. I mean, that's what you do yeah. in D.C. I was, I love the D.C. area. That's one yeah. of my favorite cities. Um, the the summer's Georgetown terrible. area especially is gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. The summer's terrible. But Although coming from, great, yeah. from, from, coming from uh, Texas, it's, it's a different kind of heat, but it's equally as bad. <laughs> really? Well, uh, I never really. It's it's as it's opposed to the dry heat. It's the ninety percent. I think Texas has wet heat too. I guess that's I what know. you call it. I don't know what you call it. Uh, anyway, we're getting. The humidity in Dallas isn't bad. It's mostly in Houston. Houston is miserable in the summer, 
they have like 90% humidity and it's uh, gross and hot and in the hundreds yeah. and awful. But <laughs> no, if that's what DC is like, I don't really want to be there. But like in the fall. It's, yeah, it's like that, but 10 degrees cooler. No, it's got a great fall and spring. <laughs> the fall and spring yeah. are awesome. Right. Yeah. So I guess getting back to anime, uh, when you're looking at a role to start uh, performing it, what, so where, where do you start with your interpretation of the character? What do you look for to sort of find it for you? Um, pre or post casting? <laughs> well, let's do a little bit of both. Okay. Uh, during the audition process, um, you are given <clears throat> like this notebook that has sides in it, which basically uh, has a rundown of the show on the first mm-hmm. page. And then, each page after that is a character and the character will have like a brief description of the character and a picture of the character. And then, um, it'll have lines and stuff. And so that kind of gives you a basis of, um, what you're building on and where you want to go from there. And then, um, you go in and you read for the director and then you'll record or record those few lines with them for your audition. And then they'll give you a little direction, like, I like what you did. And they always say that, but you never know. Anyways, they're just like, <laughs> I like what you did, but, you know, can you make her a little younger or um, a little more tough or, you know, she's, I was thinking, you know, maybe she was a little raspier or something. So you just kind of um, adjust from there. And then if you're lucky enough to get cast, um, then you uh, really the character, I think that's when your character building starts and working in conjunction with whichever respective director and such as that. Um, that's where you really sort of get into it. And as far as when I'm looking at roles as to who I have been cast as, um, I rely heavily on the directors at Funimation um, to give me their input and guide me as far as what it is that they want and uh, what they need from me and stuff like that. And I'm really, really lucky to work for a great company and work with such amazing directors because all of them are super passionate and really just awesome. Like, it's really nice to know, like, they know exactly what they want and you go in and they have all of the tools that you need to make a a character that, you know, people are going to love or they're going to hate or, you know, they're going to elicit the right emotion and help progress the story. So... Uh, as far as that goes, like, it's just, it's a collaboration. Like, I don't, I don't just go into the booth and I'm like, oh, cool, uh, I'm Lon Fawn, and so let's go. You know, like, there's a lot of, like, with Lon Fawn and Full Metal, um, there was a lot of time spent uh, talking to Mike about, you know, who she was and where she was from and what her motivation was and, and where that all came from and um, why she was on this quest. So um, that was, that's, I guess, I guess that's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, now, when you're looking at the characters sort of that you've done uh, in the past, you've had a pretty wide range of, of, of material to work with from Lon Fon and Mari from Evangelion to you know, your roles in um, Peach Girl or even your character in uh, uh, Sergeant Frog. You, so, you sort of have um, the, the wide range of characters, of personalities and you know, vocal styles. What, what, um, what traits stick out to you? Um, that you admire in the characters that you play? Um, different ones for different characters, obviously. Um, I guess, like, in Sergeant Frog, like, Ghost Girl, like, Ghost Girl is, like, really comedic. And mm-hmm. she comes in, at, and it's a comedy, obviously, but she comes in at times to progress the story or to lighten things up or to make things a little funnier or happier, mm-hmm. you know, and she's 
I I really like. I mean, you like certain things or different things about every character, or I I like different things about every character that I do. And doing like Ghost Girl, like she's so like mm-hmm. pitiful and like woe is me, but like still sweet and like just wants people to like her and this is her friend, you know. And I I think that's her sweetness is great. Um, like with Lon Fawn, her dedication uh, to her people uh, and to her love um, is awesome to me. I think that that sort of dedication to any cause in general in humanity is amazing. And um, I aspire to have it in my real life and, uh, on a day-to-day basis. Um, but, you know, I mean, people, people like that that are willing to give their life for a cause which uh, I can't even imagine in real life being. But, I mean, there are plenty of people in history, you know, that you look back at history and you're like, oh, my gosh, you know, like, it, um, like for example, like Gandhi or Martin Luther King Jr. or, you know, people that have been willing to do that. Like, that's a really noble attribute. And I'm not con- I'm not comparing Lon to Martin Luther King Jr. or anything <laughs> like that. But I am saying, like, that kind of dedication is really noble, I think. Um and then, uh, like, Mari and Evangelion, um, her, for lack of a better, a, a better term, her badassery, uh, yeah. like, how hardcore she is and how she's, like, just bound to get this mission done and, and uh, the mystery behind her and her motives and things I find really intriguing. Uh, so I, I, I think, like, with every single, like, with every character that you do, um, or every, I, I don't mean to speak for everyone, but every character that I do, um, there's a, a little, there's, there's, you totally hit the nail on the head. There's something about every character that um, you kind of fall in love with and mm-hmm. you want to come out as the, the strongest part of who that character is. And so that's a big part of it for me anyways, I guess. So yeah, totally. Every, every character is different and every character has something that's, awesome about them and that I aspire to myself. Yeah. So um, <laughs> not that I'm going to be Martin Luther King Jr. I I I really <laughs> absolutely impossible. So for me. But um I I think there's definitely amazing things in every character just like there's amazing things in every person. So now um from looking at your credits it looks like Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood was the first time you sort of came into a uh into a role with a series that had a, like a big property it was already big, big built in with a big fan base. Um, and can you speak a little bit about what it was like getting cast? Cause you came in a little bit later. Yeah. Um, coming in in brotherhood rather than at the beginning um, was totally luck. I mean, like I was elated to get the role and with full metal alchemist, there is such a strong following and there is such a fan base and there there's a lot of pressure there, of, of mm-hmm. course, you know, to do the series justice and, and do, like, do the character justice and, and in so do the series justice and not disappoint fans, which is a big deal because, I mean, there have been other voice actors that have come in and, like, done it and haven't done um, exactly what the fans wanted, and that's not necessarily their fault or anybody's fault. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes the fans want something else, and so it's kind of nerve-wracking for me anyways like <laughs> i guess that it happened like twice in a row like with full metal and then with evangelion um to come into su- such a huge series and such a yeah. big property that so many people love you know and they really love it yeah so yeah. um 
I'm I'm just really grateful and thankful that the fans have been so responsive and so great to me, uh, considering, you know, a new character and things like that. And I, it's it's been really, I mean, just a blessing. And I'm I'm very lucky and I'm very grateful. And I I try to do everything right and do it the way that um, yeah. I I feel is a good representation of the character and the director feels is a good representation of the character that still stays true to the the original artist's intent, you know? Yeah. Uh, but give it give it a spin that makes it accessible or more more accessible to a broader fan base. Right. Uh, especially like with Full Metal because it, full, people that watch Full Metal don't necessarily aren't just hardcore anime fans. Like Full Metal is not obscure. So It's on TV. It's something. <laughs> I'm sorry? It's on TV. <laughs> it's on TV. It's, on it's TV. unlike so much anime these days. It is on TV. And <laughs> do you have that yeah, going? It's, so. it's totally crazy because when I was in when I was in college, this makes me sound old. Back in my day, you know, um, <laughs> when I was in college, like Adult Swim was full of anime. There was anime mm-hmm. all over it, and like yep. it's just it's a shame that it's getting dwindled down. And yeah. um, I'm just I'm really glad that there has been such a great uh, response to Full Metal Brotherhood. Um, after the original, so I'm, and for that matter, Evangelion. So I'm very, very, very happy with all of that. But it, it is, it's, it's kind of nerve wracking. It can be a lot. Yeah. But. I guess uh, at this point, um, I'm sure the other guys have a, a few questions they'd like to ask. I'll open it up to the to the panel. Okay. Uh, who wants to start? Steve, me, Jason. Should I start? I'll go. Okay, Jason. Yeah. Um, what were your initial thoughts on Full Metal Alchemist when you saw it? Have you seen the original series? Oh, yeah, I totally watched the original series. The original series was like, okay, so I dated this guy in college, and, like, we would study together. He's actually the reason I got into anime. He was like, hey, blah, 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 and was talking to me about Cowboy Bebop, and I was like, I love Cowboy Bebop. I watch it all the time, all the time. (laughs) And so I went out, (laughs) I went to Blockbuster that day. This was back when people went to a place called Blockbuster. (laughs) Uh, so no, I, 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 I understand. I used to work at a dying video store. <laughs> <laughs> right? I love video stores. Yeah. But um, I went out to Blockbuster and got cow- like all of the Cowboy Bebop I could, and I well, which wasn't much, obviously. But I went home and like watched all of it, and then um, I ended up like falling in love with it, and it was really cool. And then like I talked to the dude later and. I was like, oh, yeah, I totally know all about Cowboy Bebop. And he's like, who's your favorite? I'm like, Ed? Oh, my gosh, Ed. And then um, then I start. he was like, oh, well, you should watch Samurai Shampoo then. And so I watched Samurai Shampoo. And, and then we started dating, and we were in love, and it was amazing. And then um, I would go over to his place, like, um, late whenever we'd, like, because we, we had a few of the same classes, and we'd, like, study together and stuff. And we would take Full Metal Alchemist breaks. Because he like had a TiVo and everything, he had cable because he was fancy, and um, we would watch Full Metal Alchemist, and it was amazing. And now, like looking back, I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Like that's Chris Kasin, and and that's Wendy, and like I had no idea that like later down the line, like I would be hanging out with these people, and like they would be my friends, and I was watching them in college. It was random, and so I guess coming into that, and like. I guess by by the time Brotherhood came out, I've been I've been voice acting for a while, and it was great and everything. Um, but then, like knowing that I would be part of this thing and part of this series and property that was, um, you know, a big part of my life for a while, and 
a big part of my failed relationship. But um, it, was, <laughs> it was really fun. It was really exciting for me. Um, nerve-wracking, as I said. But it was really exciting to be part of something that was part of my history, too, you know? Uh, was there any particular person that, I guess, uh, kind of struck you um, from someone you had seen when you were watching anime to someone you had seen when you were started working in it, either at a convention or at Funimation, that you were just like, wow, it's very cool that I could work with this person or I'm in the same industry as this person? Oh, like, did I did I totally fan out and geek out? I yeah. was trying to say that in a nice way, but okay. <laughs> no, I totally did. I'm a, I'm a total, like, I'm... <laughs> Far less than awkward. I'm, I get called awkward on a daily basis, and I, I try not to be. I just it just happens, and I say too much or I babble or something like that. I'm getting orange juice out of my refrigerator in case you heard it open. I, I don't know if that's rude or not. But, <laughs> no, it's not. Um, I'm just gonna get some orange juice. Um, so no, like um, there's been a lot of things that like I guess the people that don't really get many props um, that should that deserve so many props are the directors and um when i got to work with christopher bevins uh i think the first property i worked with him on was speed grapher i was doing um walla which is like the background people um it was awesome and i was super nervous and i was like don't be awkward don't be awkward don't be awkward so i brought a book and i was like i'm just gonna sit here i'm not gonna say anything i'm not gonna make him feel awkward and i'm not gonna say anything weird and i guess like we've talked about it later and he was like yeah i remember because he kept calling me back, and he ended up casting me as, in a role as in Speed Graffer. But uh, he was like, yeah, when I first met you, I thought you were totally different. He was like, you would sit there, and you'd pretend like you were reading this book, but you just stare at me. I was like, no, I didn't. It's <laughs> so weird. I'm not weird. That's weird. And he's like, and now you talk all the time. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> um, so I totally geeked out with uh, Bevins and um, – I mean, Wendy Powell, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. oh, totally geeked out with Wendy Powell. Who else did I, like, weird out on? <laughs> I weirded out at conventions on people a little bit. Um, I guess, like, John, I met John Schneider in uh, Orlando this past, um, that's like, this past spring. Colleen Klinkenbeard and Jamie Markey and I all went to Orlando uh, for Megacon. And um, I was talking to my mom, and I... I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to go. And um, I was really excited to meet, uh, I can't remember her name right now, but Deanna Troy. Like, she doesn't actually have a name in my in my world. Like, she was like the epitome of woman when I was growing <laughs> up. I was now, like, oh. when, you were, when you're saying John Schneider, do you mean the guy from Dukes of Hazard? Yeah, yeah. And he's also okay. in Smallville. He's he's a big deal. But I, like, talked to my mom before I went. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you're going to meet Deanna Troy? I'm going to meet Bo Duke. And she's like, Feeney, you can't call them that. You have to. <laughs> I was like, hey, no, I can do whatever I want. And she's like, you have to not just just try to be calm and, and take deep breaths. I'm like, I don't take deep breaths, Mom. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to get my picture taken with them. I'm going to send it to you on your phone. It's going to be amazing. And so um, when I met, I didn't end up getting to meet Deanna Troy. But I did um, get to meet John Schneider, and that was really cool. And uh, I... The three of us, Colleen, Jamie, and I hung out with him, like, almost every night. Actually, no, every night. And um, he's, like, a great guy, and uh, he's just super cool. And he's he's one of those people that's been doing this for a long time, you know. And so he um, he has – It's I guess it's easy for some people, and you see it at cons, like people that you see on the, in the halls or whatever, and they're like, hey, can I get a picture? And they're like, yeah, I'm just going to my room. I'm really tired. And I can empathize with that. But there was – 
we, we went all over Orlando with him and everywhere we went, somebody recognized him and he was so gracious and so kind and so nice to all of his fans and always stopped and took pictures and always stopped and signed autographs and, you know, heard these stories about, you know, where his work fit into people's lives. And so that was awesome. And so like being able to have meet people like Wendy and be like, Oh my gosh, I totally used to geek out and take study breaks for your show. You know, like it's, it's pretty neat for me. So I, I geek out a lot. What's it, now, now what's it like for you starting to be on the other end of that equation with you going to conventions now with the, the two big properties you've been a part of with the FMA brotherhood and, and Evangelion? Um, it's a little weird. Like I don't, I don't really consider myself that big of a deal, but I guess like, um, other people like are really excited about my work, which is what I want. And I want people to be happy with the work that I do. And so that's cool. It's just like when people are like, Oh my gosh, it's so good to meet you. And da, da, da. I'm like, it's not a big deal. I'm, <laughs> I poop too. So it's all right. <laughs> everybody poops. Everybody poops. It's fine. It's fine. So, um, yeah, I don't think I, I, I certainly don't have, um, as big of a following as like John Schneider. Um, <laughs> But I'm I'm very grateful that people uh, are appreciative of my work, and it's it's nice to know that like people like what you're doing, you know, like that it's not yeah. just a paycheck. That they're like, hey, you're doing a good job. <laughs> like that's nice. That's nice to know. <laughs> so that part's cool. Um, outside of that, um, I don't really like I don't really like the the being tackled part. But um, oh, the glomping, yeah, glomping, or the glomping. The glomping is it, I'm. That scares me. I'm I'm a smaller person, and I frequently wear tall shoes, and I'm I'm not terribly stable on said shoes. So like, the glomping scares me. But sidestep and say ole, it'll be fine. <laughs> uh, Steve, did you have a, a question? You haven't uh, had a chance yet. Uh yeah. I, I, this is kind of going uh, back, you know, before all the anime and stuff. But are there any um, actors or other? people in the entertainment business that kind of like were your mantra that inspired you growing up when you were doing your acting? Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I was little, and this is going to, this is totally like, I don't know how old y'all are or whatever, but, and I don't know how badly this is going to date me, but so I don't know if you remember the show. This is, and they're not really actors, but did you ever see in living color? Do you remember oh yeah. 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 I know. Yeah. yeah. Dude, the fly girls. I always wanted to be a fly girl, like, my whole life. And there was this one, and she was a contortionist, and she did this crazy thing. And, like, it was, like, this mirror. Like, she was standing between these two mirrors, and she, like, did this crazy back bend. And she was amazing. And J-Lo was a fly girl. I mean, come on. J-Lo? And then she was a fly girl, and then she made it into, like, the music business. And then she was an actress. And I was like, oh, my gosh, if I could be J-Lo, if only I could grow my butt. But, um, <laughs> and I tried. I did some squats when I was in college. <laughs> it never happened. But, um, no, like, I guess. And then let's see. Who, who else? Who else? Um, I was always, like, a big Tom Hanks fan and Meg Ryan, like, back in, like, high school and stuff when, like, mm-hmm. you know, all the rom-coms. I've always been a big rom-com fan. So um, directors, I like directors a lot. I've always been a big Spielberg fan. Uh, not the scary movies, even though he's getting more and more scary. Uh, James Cameron was uh, is amazing. And um, mm-hmm. let's see, who else? Um, I've always liked Morgan Freeman. And just his voice, like just yeah. his voice alone, you know. <laughs> I mean, he could, 
he could stop a room if he just like stood somewhere. Um, Uma Thurman, Uma mm-hmm. Thurman's amazing. Uh, who else? Bruce Willis is ridiculously nice. awesome. Yeah. Um, I guess. I mean, there's so many amazing actors. I'm like a total movie nerd, and I love watching movies. It's my favorite thing ever. So, um, yeah, like movies in general, like just the the fact that you can take anybody, um, well, not anybody, but most anybody, and, and sit them down in front of, you know, a screen and, and have them watch this piece of work that embodies so many other people's work, you know, and, and time and lives and, and have them, you know, be be able to relate or be carried away from their own life for, you know, an hour and a half to two hours or however long. Mm. And just watch that. Did I mention Frank Sinatra? I love Frank Sinatra. He's an amazing. (laughs) And Fred Astaire, Grace Kelly. I was a big Grace Kelly fan. I'm a massive Audrey Hepburn fan. Um, Yeah. You got to realize that that you're doing that for other people now. I don't think so. <laughs> that's really nice. You never know. <laughs> I mean, that's awesome if it's true, but I, uh, it's nice of you to say. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, all right. Um, okay. <laughs> all right. Now, back to um, FMA Brotherhood. Uh, when acting as Lan Fun, what was sort of your favorite scene or something that you got to say as her that, you know, you really enjoyed performing? As Lan Fun? Mm-hmm. Um, I think my favorite scene with her is like the fight. I, I don't want to. Am I spoilers or is that, can I say spoiler alert and just say it or yeah. uh, spoiler alert? Uh, at the end, when like no 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 wait, I changed my I changed my okay. So <laughs> when like I've cut my own arm off and like I'm like going through the sewers and I'm just running into the walls and I tied my arm to the dog and everything and like that hardcoreness and just like like you're bleeding to death and you have officially cut off your own arm and not like in that one movie where that guy goes in the desert <laughs> 127 hours yeah not right, like I'm that like that. <laughs> like i'm i'm not i mean i can't even imagine but yeah. um <laughs> like i've cut my own arm off for like not for my own survival well i guess for my own survival but you know to help lead them away from me and, and consequently help to save my king and blah, blah, blah. But um, just the whole idea of that and how hardcore that was, that was a really great scene. I really love that scene. Mm-hmm. I can't think of individual lines. It was years ago that I recorded that, I think. But I and I will I will think and, and get back to you once I think <laughs> of an individual line. It's awesome. Okay. Uh, did you guys have any other questions you wanted to ask? Um, I'm I'm good if you want to do uh, the thing that you do after questions. That well, no, I had a couple of questions. I wanted okay. to ask a little bit about Evangelion then too, because as far as I know, I'm the only really big Evangelion fan. Is that Jason? Panel. I thought Jason was. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Okay, no, and okay. I'm still. I still got some. Okay, well, <laughs> okay, I was wrong. Let's branch out. Let's Evangelion the shit. I don't know if I can say that. Yes, you can. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> Let's Evangelion the shit out of this. What's your question? <laughs> now, uh, how confusing was it for you? to come into the world of Evangelion. I'm not sure how familiar were with, you were with it before. Um, I was familiar with it to a certain extent. Like, I, had, I, I hadn't ever really watched the series. Mm-hmm. But, like, I mean, there's no way you can be an anime and not be familiar with Evangelion, you know? Like, it's a, such a huge freaking deal. You got the so, gist of it. Um, 
Yeah. Like, I mean, I understood the, the basic premise, and I knew that Brina was a huge deal in it, and it was this big deal for her, and she had no idea until afterwards what a big deal it was. And I'd heard her talk at conventions about it, and she and I had talked about it and stuff. And when I got the role, um, I called her. I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I got, I got the – princess abu dhabi role and she was like what and i was like you know because you're the you got the princess leia and i got the abu dhabi and she was like you're insane and you have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> but um there was i guess whenever she got hurt whenever she was cast in the ava one um mike called her and was like you don't understand what a big deal this is like this is a huge deal and she was like okay and um but you know her character barely talks so right. um she had no idea until after it was announced, and then her MySpace at the time blew up, and her Facebook blew up, and her emails blew up, and it was crazy. So um, whenever I auditioned for the role, I was like, so this isn't Princess Leia, right? And he's like, no, this isn't Princess Leia. It's like Queen, Queen, it was Natalie Portman's character. What was yeah, her name? I forgot Queen. Her name. Amadala, yeah. Amadala, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he was like, "It's Queen Amadala," and I was like, "Okay, cool, right on." And I hadn't, I didn't think at all that I would get it. And then um, when I did get it, I uh, I called Brita and I was like, "Oh my god, I got it, I got it!" And so like, I I knew that it would be a big deal in that sense. I knew that it was a massive honor uh, to represent Mari in the show in general, and I mm-hmm. I was over the moon and. Um, and purposefully, like Mike doesn't, Mike as a director asked Brina not to watch uh, the series, and I didn't watch the series. Just, to, I mean, not that my character would be affected in any way because she's new, but you know, I wanted to come in um, in a way that would be as realistic as possible, you know, like which is right. sounds silly, but like it's it's easier for me uh, to come in and like know only what the director wants me to know, you know, and not what Wikipedia says or Google says, you know, like, which I still look at, I still Googled her, but I mean, I bought her a drink first, but I Googled her. Um, and then I, it was, it was really, um, it was, it's, it's really better for me to go in and, and talk to the director and know what he wants me to know. And then if he's like, yeah, go ahead and, uh, let's, you know, Google or or there there have been some shows where you go in and they're like, hey, sit down and watch, you know, the first three episodes of the series in Japanese and or do it before you come in and stuff like that. But he was pretty cool about uh, what he wanted me to do. And so um, I wasn't terribly familiar. I am immensely more familiar now, but uh, because now it's like now I'm like oh my god I can't get enough of it. So. You're you're in the world now of Evangelion. I'm in the world. <laughs> I am immersed in the crazy crazy red ocean world of Evangelion. <laughs> now you uh, you mentioned you become sort of immersed in it, um, and you mentioned before what you sort of enjoyed about the about the character. Where where do you? I mean, not where do you see her going, but maybe what? So what what kind of character development would you uh, like to see her have in the next movie? Um. I think there's, I mean, there's so much mystery surrounding Mari, mm-hmm. and, like, there's some lines where, like, we were in the booth, or I was in the booth, and re- we were recording, and I'd, like, stop it, I'd be like, Mike, what does that mean? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> and I'm like, it's, it's so open-ended. Why is she saying that? I don't know why she's saying that. You need to tell me why she's saying that. And he'd, like, allude to things, and he's like, but I'm not 100% sure. And mm-hmm. 
And there are just so many leading sort of questions, you know, like especially after that opening battle when she's like floating in the water and everything. Like there's so much about her that's like a mystery and and there's so much more to know. And I ideally I would like to I would like to see where she came from exactly. And I want to know about her motivations and I want to know, you know, if she's a good guy or a bad guy or, you know what she is exactly and so ideally i just want to know everything about her in the end and i don't i don't i think it'd be awesome to be a bad guy so i i secretly hope that she's a bad guy because <laughs> um, i like playing bad guys because they're fun but um if she doesn't end up being a bad guy that, that'd be cool too she ends up saying i either want her to be like the worst bad guy ever or the best hero ever <laughs> one of the extremes like she either has to save the world or destroy it so, although she, I don't think Shinji will let that happen, but you know, you yeah. know. Um, now you, you've had you know, quite a few roles. You've been in the industry for a few years. What um, what role in particular do you think is one that um, you really enjoyed doing but doesn't get much uh, recognition? Um, Nadia from El Cazador de la Bruja. Um, it is an awesome show. It was actually directed by Bevins. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great show. It's um, part of a trilogy. Um, I guess what were the other ones on it? There's uh, it's it's B Train's like tri- trilogy of like the genre like girls with guns, yeah. and uh, there was Mad Mad. What's the word I'm looking for? Mad Mad Max Mad Max Mad Max mm. something. And then another one. There was like because there was like there's um, the hardcore one, and then there's like the like dark, super dark and scary one. And then, like, mm. um, El Cazador de la Bruja is kind of like a spaghetti western with a little magic mixed in. And that one's really, that it's it's a huge, it has a huge place in my heart just because the character was so much fun to play. And she was just silly and off the wall. And um, Maxie Whitehead, who is actually in Full Metal Alchemist now, mm-hmm. um, she she was... Um, my my counterpoint and she's awesome it was my first time to work or be able to you know play off of her and that was really fun she's super talented it's like gold just comes out of her mouth when she opens it (laughs) (sighs) fine anyways um so yeah el casador de la bruja is a great show and i highly highly recommend it i think it's funny and silly and there's magic and there's guns and my my character has red hair and a little braid and sassy little boots and shorts (laughs) Okay, I love all that. So there's a little song in it. It's it's a fun show, and I I I wish people liked it more. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, sometimes you can get the feel of a character just from looking at her. <laughs> right. I think that's why they have those pictures on um, the sides, the audition sides. It's like, oh, this girl has a sassy cape, short shorts, and cowboy boots. <laughs> awesome. And she has red hair. You can usually tell that it's a sassy character if they have red hair. Yeah. Those normally go to Jamie Markey, but I'm, I'm racking up a few redheads in my own uh, bedpost. I mean, not bedpost, uh, book, belt, notch. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Babbling, no. That's right. Um, if, and finally, before we get to our, our little uh, ending segment, um, you have been you've been cast in the new Trigun movie. That's um, Has it been recorded yet, or is that just something you've, you've been preparing for? Um, yeah, we recorded Trigun already. And... I think it's in Canada, right? I think they're playing in a movie theaters there. It is? No, I, I know they're going to start playing here soon. I know it's coming to America, but uh, yeah, I, I wasn't aware. Well, it was this Canada. coming Otakon, I think, is supposed to be the... 
the dub I, I think I think I don't, I don't know if there's necessarily going to be a premiere at Otakon, but I think they might be hyping it. Ah, okay. We saw it at Anime Expo. Was that last year or now? Was... Yeah, that was a year ago. Yeah. The uh, when it first came out. Yeah. Um, but so what's the, so what's that like? I mean, coming into a, again into a, a sort of an established program. What do you what do you see in Millie? Um, I love the Trigun series, and I love all of the cosplayers <laughs> yeah. everywhere. Um, that's awesome. I it's it's the same sort of thing as coming into FMA or Ava. Like it's it's a massive series, and it's a massive a massively popular series. Not just for you know hardcore diehard anime fans, but for lots of people. And so um, it's a little daunting. I mean, it's a, of yeah. course it's daunting. Um, it's I hope I hope that when everyone sees it, that they'll you know like my performance and, and they'll like the work that I did. And um, I mean, I I love that character and I I love the show. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, I love her, the dichotomy of her and everything. Like it's she's great. She was really fun to play. I had a great time voicing her and um, Zach Bolton, the director, like was amazing with it. And obviously just rock the house on it so i'm i'm i don't i just said rock the house i don't know what that was i feel like it sounds awesome yeah i rocked the house I, i'm gonna think <laughs> of something like but anyway um no it was it was it was a lot of fun and trigon is i hope i hope trigon badlands will not disappoint and so i guess uh brotherhood obviously hasn't uh neither has ava thank god and um, yeah. hopefully trigon will follow suit and so um I just hope everybody likes it. Oh, very cool. Uh, so to round off the interview, we like to do the 10-question questionnaire from inside the actor's studio. So okay, we'll start off cool. with, with uh, question one. What is your favorite word? Floxynoxynilosolosicatrix. <laughs> Sweet. Oh, nice. Should, should okay. I ask or no? It's lo- it means prostitute. <laughs> what does it mean? Prostitute. I was oh. in AP English and... Um, in high school, yeah, and oh, yeah. Uh, there was this amazing English teacher named Mr. Biggers, who um, he would bust out like crazy words every day, you know, like crazy words from the English language, and we'd all be like, Rrr! and then he had 24 hours to figure out what it was, and that was the one that like nobody could figure <laughs> out or find <laughs> in any dictionary or search engine, and um, so it might not even exist, but uh, <laughs> it's so, a word like, you. <laughs> that's all that matters. <laughs> so that's my favorite word, hands down. And I get, if you ask anybody from Amarillo High School that took figures what floxynoxynilosilosicatrix is, and they were, you know, in my class, I'm pretty sure they're going to be able to remember because it, it was a really memorable word. Nice. Uh, question two. What is your least favorite word? My least favorite word. Internal Revenue Service. <laughs> IRS. IRS. That's my least favorite word. I mean, it's not a single word, but I think, yeah, I think I think taxes was John Swayze's least favorite word. <laughs> it's awful. I, I mean, I, I'm I'm very grateful for the work that our government does and everything like that. Yeah. It's just like one of those things. Like I like complaining that the roads are bad, but I don't want to stop at a toll booth. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I get it. I get it. Like that, I. That's the American way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Question I'm three. Texas. It's my right. I'm <laughs> Unending road construction. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> question three. What turns you on? Um, 
what turns me on. Wow. Is this what, like, what, what rating are we at? Where are we? Right you can now? take that to me, whatever you want. What turns me on? Long walks on the beach. That's a lie. I don't really like walking. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I like Texas. walking. I'm great. Same with the roads. Like, I like walking. I'm grateful I can walk. I'm very, very blessed. But, like, I don't want to walk long distances on a beach. Like, I want to sit down and have a pina colada. Um, no, uh, what turns me on? Um, nice people. Nice people make me happy. Um, all of my significant others have been nice people. Um, the people that I work with, work with or work for have all been nice people. So in every aspect of life, uh, if I'm going to do something, it's with nice people or I don't play. I take my football and I go home. And by football, I mean my giant cup of iced tea. But whatever. <laughs> it's important to keep the positive vibes flowing when you're working with people. <laughs> it's very important. You know, like if somebody had told Pinochet, man, you're a jerk. You know, things might have turned out a little differently. Like if somebody was like, Hitler, I'm not working for you anymore because you're kind of an, I don't know what I can say, a-hole. I think you for know, Hitler like, you could say asshole. I think that's okay. Well, I, I just meant like on your, on your show. No, no, you can, you oh, no can it's say fine. It. Yeah, like if somebody would have been like, Hitler, I'm not going to do your shit because you're an asshole. You know, like <laughs> I think the world would have come out a little differently. So um, I think uh, nice people, nice people are the most important thing. Right on. Uh, question four on the flip side. What turns you off? Turns me off. Uh, other than the obvious, mean people. Mean people <laughs> turn me off. Uh, mean people, uh, injustice in general, mm -hmm. um, greed. I'm not a big fan of greed. Yeah. Um, hate in general. Like all the bad things in the world are big turnoffs, you know? And if you see that exhibited in somebody, it's like, oh, see you later. That's Awful. Trying to keep not... trying to keep it positive. Yeah, I mean it's really important. I'm I'm really lucky and blessed to be surrounded with amazing people in my life that are good people and wonderful and caring and supportive. My family, my friends. Um, hi mom. Hi papa. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my sisters, my brother, Seth and Teresa, and um, all of my amazing friends. Um, and I'm lucky enough to have found a a niche that um, not only provided me with an outlet for all the crazy voices in my head, but also uh, provided me with some of my best friends, like Miss Jamie Markey and Brina and Tara Williams and stuff like that. So that's pretty amazing to me. Hmm? So those are my, t I don't know if that was even a question. I'm, I'm babbling. <laughs> that sounds that. about right. <laughs> um, question five, what sound or noise do you love? What sound or noise do I love? I love my mom's voice. I love I love my mom's voice. I love hearing her talk. Um, I love my grandfather's voice. I guess it's people. It's people's voices. I love my family's voices. Like I I love hearing them all laugh. Um, like if I'm at my grandfather's house and I wake up in the morning and they're all laughing, or I I go out you know to do whatever errand or go to the grocery store or whatever, and I come back and everyone's laughing like. I'm that my family all laughing together is mm -hmm. my favorite noise because I know that either something great has happened and they're all having fun or, you know, somebody busts out the whiskey early and we're all having fun. So <laughs> either way, we're having a good time. So everybody laughing is a good noise, like my sisters and my brother and my mom and my grandfather, nice. my favorite. Um, what sound or noise do you hate? 
sound or noise do I hate? When I was in college, I lived above the law office, and um, they opened, it was in downtown Denton, and um, they opened this club across the way. It was the bane of my existence, <laughs> and every single night at 2 o'clock in the morning, they opened all the windows. It was a two-story club, and they opened all the windows and opened all the doors and played that song, Pour Some Sugar on Me. <laughs> girls, like, dance on the bar and everybody sang it at the top of their lungs and it didn't matter if it was like a tuesday night or a saturday night <laughs> two o'clock that song came on and it was so loud it came right through my bedroom window and like i talked to the club owner many times i was like dude i don't care if you love that song that's cool that's great just close the windows please and he'd be like yeah i'll do that i'll totally do that and then never never not once <laughs> It's awful. Oh, man. It's awful. I ended up moving, and I moved to Dallas, and I was like, ha, ha, no more of that. And they closed, like, the next week. And so yeah. that, <laughs> song, that song is the worst sound ever. That stupid, stupid song. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, question seven. What is your favorite curse word? My favorite curse word. Um, can I say any curse word? Right oh, now? yeah. Ahead. Yep. Um, um, <laughs> probably fuck. Fuck. Yeah. So versatile. Fuck. Well, cause you can, yeah, you can say it when you're really excited or something's really awesome or like something's really bad. I like, I like to have multiple use things, you know, except mm -hmm. I, I don't really like multiple use clothing. I don't like that, but multiple <laughs> use words. Yeah. Like I don't like skorts. Skorts are stupid. But multiple use fucks are fine with me. <laughs> okay. Uh, question eight. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I'm sorry? What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I'd like to be in the circus. Cool. What would you do? I've always wanted to be in the circus my entire life. Um, I, I want to be either a trapeze girl, mm. um, a tightrope walker with an umbrella and a tutu, or I want to ride the elephants. I've wanted to be in the circus my whole life. And in college or in high school, uh, when you, you fill out these things in high school all the time, like random things, you know, like yeah. uh, where, you, where do you want to go to college? What do you want to be when you grow up for like all those tests and all these random things? I remember filling it out all the time. And I'd like, I'd write, like, I want to be in the circus. And people were all, always thought it was hilarious. I'm like, no, I, I really do want to, I want to run away with the circus. So <laughs> if I could attempt anything else, it would be that. Although, like, this whole Roe versus Wade thing kind of turned me off to the circus because that girl was a circus worker and it freaked me out. And carnies, and you go to, like, those huh. parking lot carnivals and you see all those people, like, that are, like, maybe doing drugs and they don't have teeth. That <laughs> freaks me out. So, um, I mean, it'd have to be a fancy it's either the It's either the meth or the funnel cakes. <laughs> if you're in Burnham and Bailey, I think, that's, I think that's probably the only one you can. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I would uh, want to be in the circus. Uh, question number nine. What profession would you not like to do? I don't want to be... I don't want to be... I don't want to be an arms dealer. <laughs> That's a good one. Pretty short life expectancy. Yeah. yeah, I think that would be kind of the worst. Or a drug lord. I don't want to be a drug lord. I do not want to be a drug lord. No drug lord and no arms dealing. Too much violence that's, and that's negative vibes. Line. You do get paid a lot, though. <laughs> yeah, it's so lucrative. Stop it. Everyone exactly. wants to kill you. 
But you have money that people she, want to steal she, from you. But she hates greed. Yeah, I know. I know. Haven't you seen all those movies like American Gangster and Scarface? That, that just doesn't end bad or well. Yeah, exactly. I'm, well. I'm playing devil's advocate here. Someone's <laughs> got of, someone's got to speak, argue for the drug dealers. Speaking somebody of devil, has to argue for the drug dealers and arms dealers. Like somebody. Uh, speaking of devils. Question 10. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? What would I like to hear God say? Don't worry. Everything's going to be fine. That's <laughs> what I want to hear him say. Like, it's going to be good. What, what like, if it's that false assurance and he says that same thing now? It's like, don't worry. Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> it's all in the like, like, yeah. Oh, um... I want God to say, don't worry, everything is going to be fine. That's, that's, that's all I want. That's all I want. As long as, like, I mean, if you get there and you're there in heaven and there is a heaven and everything like that, or, you know, a, a second place to go or whatever, like, I just want the assurance that it's going to be all right from, like, the chief, you know? <laughs> Whoever's in charge, I want to come to me personally and be like, dude, you're cool. It's going to be all right. <laughs> nice. You know? And as long as I get the okay from the chief, the head, the, the god, the the supreme leader whomever like as long as i get the okay i'm i'm pretty sure i'll be fine otherwise i'd probably panic and pee myself which is oddly where acid rain comes from mm. the more you know. <laughs> <laughs> nice all right very cool well um trina it was lovely having you on the show it was a it was a fantastic interview uh, is, is there anything going on for you that you'd like to talk about too um, there are a few things coming down the pipeline that I'm very excited about, but unfortunately, because Funimation has not announced it yet, I am not allowed to. But I will say that if you watch the Funimation website, you should see some pretty awesome things about to happen. So I'm excited. I'm very excited. It's going to be awesome. And um, obviously, please go check out Trigun. Tell me it doesn't suck. Or if it does, <laughs> tell me it does suck um, on a cake. Just have it frosted. That'll ease the pain. <laughs> So, other than that, we're good. Yeah, that's what I have to say. Um, I'm also going to um, Monterey uh, to a convention in Monterey at the end of July, and I'm in talks to go to a couple other places in the next few months that I'm very excited about, and hopefully they'll let me into the countries and such. So that would be awesome. Um, and... Yeah, I guess that's that's about it for me on plug side. I never, I always forget to plug stuff. And anyways, um, yeah, conventions and watch the website. Cool. Very cool. It was lovely having you on. Thanks for uh, thanks Thank for coming you on so the show. Much for having me. I had such a nice time. Y'all are hilarious. I like <laughs> that I can say fuck too. <laughs> it's great having you. All right. Thanks so much, guys. No problem. Full Metal Podcast. Okay, this is the final part of Ed's first time viewing Full Metal Alchemist, the original series. I've got I've got this on the two big releases, the Viridian Collection, big boxes, season one and season two from Funimation, and uh, now we're finishing up episodes forty through fifty-one. So we start with episode forty, the Scar. Um, so we kind of do this stream of consciousness. I, I take down notes as I'm watching, and we discuss what happens in the episodes. Um, so. So we start off the episode with um, Kimberly turning a guy into a, a bomb, and um, Kimberly, despite my misgivings about him from the, the last set of episodes, the weird I, lookingness, 
Yeah, I got over that because he's he's brutal in this in in this in this show. He's he's crazier. And he doesn't. I don't think he thinks as much in the show no. as he does in the Brotherhood. But, yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's pretty brutal. Um, uh, Alphonse, I'm not sure what I was referring to, but Alphonse is growing some backbone, which uh, unfortunately doesn't ultimately doesn't do that much in this series as much as he does in Brotherhood. So that was a little bit disappointing. Yeah. There was a good gag with um, the Lieutenant Fuhrer where the Fuhrer is going off to the battle and he leaves the guy in charge and there's a little funny gag there. Um, <laughs> and Ed was um, explaining his weaknesses in the middle of a fight. I forget who he was fighting at this point in episode 40. Um, anyway, it's not that important. Um, uh, so... I, I, I'm not sure... Sometimes I forget what I was talking about because I watched this about a week ago at this point. Uh, but there was a very cool reveal with the with the locket. Um, the locket was. I would forget. It's been a really long time. Yeah, but anyway, Gladney was being very creepy in that scene, um, and for some reason Rose is mute. I'm not sure what that's about. Um, and then I noticed in episode forty they were intentionally giving Scar's brother Shao Tucker's traits. Uh, they gave him gla- they, his uh, glasses. He's because when he when he starts to go crazy, he gets that Shao Tucker raspy voice. Because I was watching most of this. Yeah, basically, and I was watch I was watching most of this in English, so um, I, I I'm not sure how I feel about that. I mean, because they do have the same sort of uh, sort same sort of thing that drives them mad. Um, so, and then the less I think about the homunculi's weakness, the less I hate it. Um, and if the homunculi take the appearance of the dead person, then who is Gluttony? Gluttony <laughs> is a beautiful looking man. Think about that. Why do um, I miss my fat son? <laughs> um, bring it back. Bring that fat person. Back. Bring yeah. him back. <laughs> yeah. So, and I was I was musing about um, the music in the in the show. Um, it's 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 a very simple score. I noticed um, we use a lot of synthesizers. It doesn't. It's not as grand or operatic as Brotherhood is. No. Then again, I also heard Brotherhood first, but it's also more of what I dig. Um, no, it is better. No, I hear you because uh, I actually caught an episode of Brotherhood the other night, Adult Swim, and it was when uh, Envy uh, possessed one of the uh, all the uh, undead army guys and reformed. And the music that played during that entire scene, phenomenal. Like, mm, yeah. really just really just made it dramatic and really made it feel creepy. And, yeah, I don't feel like the original series had enough of that. It, and, uh, yeah. yeah. I noticed they were really putting Kimberly over as a villain in this episode. With them, he he does the brutal alchemy murder on uh, on the brother. So, uh, yeah, as much as I hated Kimberly, especially like just the first episode of what I'm watching was making me like him even more. Cause he's just, you know, yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not sure what happened. The stone just went into Scar's face. Kimberly's stone went yeah. into Scar's face. And that that gets explained later on. I still don't really get it, though. <laughs> um, it's ridiculous, but consistent. Um, Dante, in no way is Dante dead. That that can't be. Uh, Lyra is definitely up to something. Um, and then, apparently, Rose has been raped. What the hell? I thought this was a kid's show. No one said this was a kid's show. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting more of that as yeah, this goes on. There's a on, reason but... it was on Adult Swim. Hmm? Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and then oh the um the, the bit with um revealing the um the the fear's power it says I have the ultimate eye and I put that in quotes I must have really enjoyed that line when I saw it 
Um, and actually really good fight coordination in this episode because they, they were definitely shying away from that in the last set of episodes that I watched. Mm. And, um, yeah, it was a really, really great episode. I mean, the fact that I wrote this many notes about a single episode and I didn't even come close uh, on the last one. So it was, it was, it was, it was really good. So uh, I told you it picked up a little. It it really did. We were going through the worst episodes of the series, I could probably yeah. say, with assurance. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, I lost one, I think. All right. Um, episode 41 is, uh, the title is Holy Mother. <laughs> That's kind of what I said when I was watching it. <laughs> I noticed this a lot, especially in this series in the last part. Um, some of the dialogue and the performances here are, are kind of wooden. I don't really blame the actors for that, though. This is this weird thing that, that the series does where it, um, they do a lot of explaining and not very much sort of acting. There's a lot of, you know, lengthy speeches explaining what the plot is and what's going on, because otherwise you'd probably be pretty confused. And they don't they don't give the actors a lot of a, a lot of depth. That's usually not a good sign for a series when you're like. Well, it, it, it's more of a minor annoyance than this, but it does happen every couple episodes. I mean, there are some series. I'm not going to mention them for another year, but where they have to explain everything in some speech that doesn't quite fit into the show. It happens. Um, yeah, Lyra is still making me wary. I didn't. I hadn't yet learned what I th- what what happened later on, but uh, I really don't trust her. Um, and they did a ridiculous gag in uh, in this. I forget what it was exactly, but one guy falls out of his chair and the other um, <laughs> drops a cigarette. I mean. I forget. I forget what the the gag was exactly, but um, I mean, they're just they taking taking physical physical comedy to the worst here. Um, and then Archer comes back, and Archer is the worst character ever. <laughs> he has, I don't even know what the hell he's doing there. He has no motivation. He looks ridiculous. He looks like Kano with a bubble ass and a gun. Problem. Yeah, he has he has a big bubble butt. <laughs> what the fuck? What the, what's up with that? I don't know. I don't even know why he's. They brought him back. And I think with yeah. the original series, it was like you know what? I don't know what to do with the actual characters from Full Metal Alchemist, and, and I, I don't know what to do with these characters, and I don't want to screw them up. So let's just make a bunch of new ones, and then just screw them up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what a cuddly wolf! Oh God. Um, Ed. Yeah. So we're back with um with Lust and the homunculi, and she really is the most interesting homunculus. She has. I guess she has the most in touch with her humanity, especially with meeting Scar and things like that. But uh, it really, it really kind of peters out in the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I really don't think Kimberly should have been able to figure that out about Scar's arm so quickly. But um, yeah, um, Kimberly is a sociopath, and he puts no value on human life. He has no empathy, and I, I sort of, I've been, I sort of been circling around what the ultimate meaning of this show is, and. Um, yeah, it, the the central theme of the show is sort of the triumph of life over nihilism, to say that life has meaning and value in all its forms, and the homunculi are sort of the ultimate refutation of that. They're that they're they're not living. They're not living. They don't have a soul, so you right. can't create that from from nothingness. It's the thing about life that is special and that has meaning. Um, yeah, I thought, and and Kimberly died. I thought he would last longer. I really did. I thought he would make it out of uh, Lior, but uh, I was wrong. But um, yeah, as we end the episode, the uh, the action pieces are getting a lot better already. Um, the fight with um, and Sloth alone was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, moving on to episode uh, forty-two. 
which is his name is unknown. Sounds like a Pokemon episode. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, um, Kimberly is vicious to the end. He's the most he's the most evil character in the show. In that he really has no empathy and no belief in the value of life, which is sort of the ultimate sin you can commit in Full Metal Alchemist. Um, and then we get a, a new opening, uh, the new opening, which I actually thought was pretty good. This, um, is, probably, this is probably one of my favorite ones, uh, the Asian it, Kung Fu Generation one. It's good, but then again, it sounds like every other Asian Kung Fu Generation song it does. that I've ever heard. It does. <laughs> like he does, there's the there's the one particular scream that the guy from Asian Kung Fu Generation does. I can't even emulate it. But it's in every song that they do, in every anime opening that they do. Um, which, the visuals, yeah, the visuals were nice, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, see, I saw I voice in Japanese I thought was creepy. Um, she's made of water. Um, I forget. I, I see, I, have to, I have to write down what I'm reacting to when I write these notes, but it says, how did he think that would work? I think um, they, they were fighting uh, Sloth. If, if only point. you knew yourself better and wrote yeah. notes to yourself. I was just making comments as I was I was watching. Archer is a bastard. He, he's he really shouldn't be fueled that much by jealousy for Mustang. I think he has a personality disorder. He has a bubble butt. <laughs> <laughs> that which is dead does not come back to life. It's a recurring theme in these episodes. No, um, no. Yeah. But then, okay, help me out here. Mm-hmm. Did Al just turn into a transmutation circle or a philosopher's stone? Both, right? Wasn't it both? Yeah, it, it, basically it is both. But well, it's he still, was the philosopher's um, stone. He, he was yeah. the philosopher's stone. It was glowing inside of him. The, the whole thing, though, is with Brotherhood, it's not making the philosopher's stone. It's making a philosopher's stone. But I think in, yeah. I believe in the original, it was they made the philosopher's stone. Correct me yeah. if I'm wrong. You watched no, it. No, no, I think that's I think that's a good way of putting it, and I think that's pretty much how it was. So Al was the philosopher. Yeah, like in Brotherhood, they're just yeah. throwing around uh they're just throwing around philosopher stones like it's like Nobody's God business. stoppers. Well they kill a lot of people. Do you want one here? Take one. You should use one. <laughs> Kimberly had like eight. I know. More yeah. than that. What am I talking about? Um, he had them in his mouth for storing. Yeah. For safekeeping. Uh, so at this point, I really want the brothers to reunite after Al has become the Philosopher's Stone. Uh, doesn't really happen for a little bit, but though. Um, at this point, I really, really feel sorry for Scar. Because I sort of, he was, I don't know, I didn't particularly care for him that much going coming from the last set of episodes. But, I mean, I liked him a lot more in the beginning of the, of the series, but it sort of like fell out of favor because he wasn't really doing anything. He was sort of dragging a rock in the desert. Well, that's why they killed him off. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, ultimately, he had all of this um, survivor's guilt with his brother. Mm. Yeah, like, he was the one who survived, and ultimately, I think he's 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 really he's really a pious guy. He's a he's a he's a good person. Ultimately, it's the state that's evil. Yeah. And he's just re- he was just reacting to that. Yeah, that's what they did to him. What they did to him I, I, yeah. yeah, Scar. In in no way, I don't think Scar is evil. I don't think he is. Mm. Yeah, he's just reacting to uh, the loss of life that he had to go through. And bye-bye, Lior. Uh, that was cool. Where did Al go? Um, you know, there he is in the sand. Uh, oh, yeah, I guess I spoiled that, like, an episode before. I don't remember that. Um, Al's like a treasure chest. Basically, uh, yeah. yeah. So this is, but you know, at, at the end of this episode, they have what they wanted at the beginning of the, uh, at the, beginning of the show. So I was curious about what they would um, be able to do or how they may be able to change him back. At the or... same time, it's made of a lot of dead people, isn't it? I yeah, how that it's, as I said, and the rest of the thing, it says, do they even want to? 
And the new ending, I did not care for. Which no, one was that? I oh, that's the one where they write the names. I don't remember. I, like, I I watched it once. There were it. there were a couple bad endings. There was one. Um, I think the one with the names is okay. It's not great though. Yeah. The seven sins. The seven. That one. Uh, follow along. The next episode is episode forty-three, "The Stray Dog." Um, more of the adventures of Sheska and Winry, featuring Hohenheim, and cue the Bunny Hill music. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. Uh, so they, they they really drew Hohenheim younger in this series. He's a lot and uh, he's a lot more melancholy in Brotherhood. Ultimately, mm. I feel like yeah. he's he's a lot more fleshed out in Brotherhood too. Mm. Um, oh no, kidding! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, really you think that's yeah. what annoyed me most about the first series is that even to the end when he's i guess kind of important they just it, what the fuck is this character he's obviously related to the main character so he's yeah he's kind of just like the deadbeat dad yeah they don't they don't it's do like he left mom about. he's like yeah yeah mm-hmm. I, I i don't got any excuses he, i mean he's crucial <laughs> to the plot but you don't know him until was this the first episode you see him, or did you see him earlier? Oh, he appears before, but he's not really in it until this. Also, if you think about it, he makes no sense in this continuum, but I'm not even going to get into that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so at this point, you know, we're less than eight episodes from the end. I was really hoping Dante had some sort of master plan, master evil plan that we have to deal with or something, because otherwise, what are they going to do for the last eight episodes? I wasn't entirely sure. Uh, let's see here. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird that uh, there's a part in the in the episode where Ed was talking about his you know, his dead mother's corpse. They realize that they have to go back and dig it up for what they're planning on doing to fight the uh, to fight the homunculus. Um, let's see. And I got, I got like I was thinking during this episode that Sheska is what the author of the manga would be like if she was in the show. I think she drew herself into the show and she made herself Sheska. Does anyone else agree with me? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I never even thought of that. But then again, I, I haven't even seen that many uh, photos of Arakara. I've just seen. I don't cat. know if there are any. I, I'm not like, not like her. I think like her personality traits come out in Sheska, sort of like, mm. the, like, like, because she's always talking about the bookstore and like compulsively reading and stuff like that, and sort of this uh, nebbish personality. And she's not in the first series very much at all. Well, she she yeah. was in it though, right? Oh yeah, she was. Yeah. She was here. She was having fun with Winry. Right. Yeah. I, I like her character. That's the, actually the, probably the one of the Hardy girls. Favorite. The Hardy girls. <laughs> the Hardly girls. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the mystery of the Urinaltis. And, <laughs> and um, uh, Mustang was sort of with with withholding cigarettes from uh, from Havoc here. Yeah, yeah. I like so, that. Little little bits like that are reasons. Like they give Mustang lots of good little character bits whenever he shows up. Yeah, they they do a lot more with some characters that I'm happy about in FMA, but there's a lot of yeah. problems I also have with FMA. Yeah. yeah. Problems um, I never would have imagined. Yeah. Mustang really does care for for Ed though. Ultimately, he's he's sort of he was upset with him for you know, going off without talking to him. He's, he actually does he really does care about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe not as much. Actually, I think in Brotherhood he's working more for himself. I think than uh, than he is in the original series. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, okay. Even at the, the, yeah, the whole series. Yeah. Continue. That. So yeah, they, they were sort of hinting at Hohenheim's age, and I was wondering how they were going to explain that in the in the series. Um, they really so, didn't have to. He could have been like fifty, and no one would have cared. Yeah. <laughs> if you think about it. Uh, so, uh, episode forty-four, Hohenheim of Light. We're uh, getting more into the uh, 
sort of mythology thing here. Um, yeah. Uh, it sort of, uh, it, and they changed the intro to the show because the boys had the Philosopher's Stone now. So like those who find the Philosopher's Stone, the, the intro that they do before the song, before the song starts up, I thought that was a little, um, I guess, nice touch. Yeah. Um, and they were they were bring, they were definitely bringing the funny. There was a bunch of uh, the whole Mustangs gang is uh, pretty funny, as well as uh, the um, always, always there's always jokes when you go home too. When they go home to Resin Bowl, there's always there's always fun stuff. Um, yeah, uh, the, and uh, let's see, the homunculi are feeding off of human lives in order to exist. Uh, ultimately, because what they want is they want to be human. So um, yeah, so and also. I was kind. Of, I was getting kind of annoyed at this point because I, I really, really enjoyed those those first three episodes that were that were in there. And but now we're kind of like playing hide and seek with the military. And there's only seven more episodes left, and it kind of feels like we're wasting my time. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. These last couple of episodes kind of redeemed Mustang a lot for me. He is sort of showing how much he cares about the, about the boy. Um, so I it's getting kind of. Um, Inklings that Dante and Lyra had something going on there, or whoever, whoever was who, what was what, um, and uh, Hohenheim is a, uh, fighting like a boss at the end of the. Okay, episode forty-five, where a rotted heart uh, is the name of the episode, and Ho- Ho- Hohenheim is four hundred years old, and that's pretty old. I smell a history lesson coming on, and I was Uh-oh. right. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, Hohenheim and Dante creating philosopher's stones together back in the day. Um, Didn't they give a date? I remember that was very interesting. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember what it was. I think it was like twelve oh four during the Middle Ages. I think like I well, thought that it, that, yeah, maybe it is. I don't know. Well, I thought it was interesting. The one thing I did like about FMA, and this comes back later, is how they fuse real history with it a lot more. Because when did alchemy? When was alchemy really popular around the Middle Ages when we were desperate for money? Uh, and that's what it and how it skews the world. But I won't. I won't uh, spoil. Yeah. Keep going. Okay. Um, so they created the Philosopher's Stone together. And Dante, I don't understand how she gets the homunculus to do what she wants. There is no way. There's no way she. There's no. Okay. I'm getting <laughs> so annoyed I can't even express myself. No, no. Right. I was, I was, was going to say, don't worry about it. Don't think. <laughs> Just accept it. Uh-huh. And it'll work fine. There is no nothing about this benefits the monculi. Uh, Gold. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, come on, really? <laughs> there, it's becoming increasingly apparent to me that there is no way to turn a homunculus into a real into a real boy, as it were. It's, it's just not going to happen, mm. and um, they need to realize that because Dante is fucking them, basically. <laughs> like this whole end of this is just not. Is she fucking lust? I'm sorry. Please continue. That'd be hot. Anyway, <laughs> That's um, why I mentioned it. I don't remember what this is about, but I'd love to eat Winry's pie. <laughs> they did draw that pie really well. Oh, yeah. oh that was a joke. <laughs> see, you see, um, my mind was actually out of the gutter by that point. Yeah, so, um, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Mustang comes in and he's sort of getting this, uh, he, got, he got the back off look from the Fuhrer there, and that was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> but they're talking about how souls have eroded. Um, it's, I mean, it's ridiculous, but it's plausible considering everything else that's happened in the series. Um, Rose's baby is not safe, and please, let's not do experiments on it. 
And then someone... <laughs> who throws a baby, really? <laughs> who throws a baby? I'm that did, that, did, ha- that did happen in this episode. Um, <laughs> and then again, later on in the episode, seriously, none of the homunculi... None of the homunculi should ever believe that she will help them. And, um, and then it dawned, on, it dawned on me that she's going to take Rose's body. That's the body that she wants. Um, yeah, she, just, she doesn't realize that you, know, you can't go back. Mm. You can't, there really is no going home again for, uh, for Dante. When your soul dies, it dies. Which is more to the point of what the, the essence of Fulminant Alchemist is. That you know, life is you know, worth living. Life has value. You can't create life or something magical about it. Um, Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, all the important weaknesses of the homunculi, and then um, and then Tucker shows up again, oh, and I'd rather, not, I'd rather not talk about that's, that because yeah, I let's not <laughs> talk about it. No, no. <laughs> God no. Can you it's do awful, it in a whispering voice? Can you just talk about it in a whispering voice? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! Let's not. Uh, I can't even. Tucker, he's yeah. Uh, so, his continued existence, and <laughs> yeah, I've not. No, I I can't. Um, it's a shame. Yeah. It is. Also, there there were some there were some funny costumes when the the boys were sneaking uh, sneaking around on the train in this episode too. It was kind of funny. As the wiki points out, he does kind of look like Alucard from Helsing. Hmm. Um. Yeah. Uh, episode. And uh, now we're on to episode forty six, and uh, episode's called Human Transmutation. And I start. We start off at the beginning, and uh, yeah. I, I, do we, we really have to go through the Nina thing again? No. Uh, like I mean, because it does happen at the beginning of this episode. If I was Alphonse, I'd be getting more angry about it and freak out more about it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. All the music associated with Dante annoys me. <laughs> That's becoming increasingly apparent. She has like the worst music ever. Um, uh, and, I mean, there wasn't really much to this episode that I took notes about, but um, at the end of the episode, it was sort of posed the question to me of, uh, you know, what if you got what you always wanted and it wasn't what you thought it would be? How, how much would that fuck you up like, as a person? Because like for the last, I forget how many, how many years in, in this series they've been searching for it, but uh, the Philosopher's Stone, and now they have it, and uh, doesn't seem to have fixed any of their problems. So, um, yeah. Uh, Lust dies, uh, she, but she she understood Dante's plan, and that's why she had to go. So she realized that she was being screwed, and uh, and now. Um, what did Dante was... have over them? Like, what did she say that she had? She said that she would maybe be able to turn them into humans. Oh, I mean that's because that's what they want. That's what the monkey want. They want to be humans. They want to. They so, are. Ju- so they are she ju- just figured out that she was bullshitting them. Yeah, basically that it was, that was that it was impossible. You can't make life out of nothing. Okay. So what happened next? Uh, well, that was pretty much the uh, end of that episode uh, for me. So 47. Moving on to 47. Uh, sealing the homunculus. And uh, so it turns out that uh, the kid wasn't dead. The kid homunculus. Uh, wh- which, one, which one was he again? Wrath. Wrath. Wrath, yeah. Uh, yeah, so Sloth is freaking out over the boys. And, uh, and they whip out the corpse. And Sloth is down. She's down. It really, it's like defiling your mother's grave. I guess it was worth it. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So, but it's like talking about sort of, this is the whole theme of FMA that I pulled out of the last 12 episodes here. But uh, she has to come to grips with the fact that she has memories of her human life. And all the homunculi really want is to be human. Is that too much to ask? They're only a sin against God. 
<laughs> and then lust. And I then guess lust. that kind of explains why they're the seven deadly sins in this series. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> still not that. Still kind of a stretch. And then the two homunculi merged, and that was kind of gross. <laughs> what, you guys were mentioning stuff to me about that. What? Why did you hate that? Uh, it was just stupid. Mommy, mommy, save me. Save me from the scary kids who are kind of yeah, related that to was <laughs> You're my mommy. That was, oh, God. It, Sloth and Wrath annoyed me. Yeah, that was... But, it, it, but not, like... It, it was sad, ultimately. Yeah, it was. Really it, sad. was. Like, it, it was really sad and, like, emotional. It wasn't like the Tucker Nina stuff, which was just annoying. It actually yeah. did have some emotional payoff. I guess, mm-hmm. but it was still annoying. I wouldn't go back to watch that again. Yeah. Uh, moving on, episode 48, goodbye. And uh, uh, so Armstrong shows up and he has yeah. to flex and that convinces them to have a coup, basically. It's true. I mean, I think that happened in Brotherhood too, right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm I, I'm still kind of confused about Sloth's death, Um Ethanol, I guess, but as long as she dies, that's fine with me. Yeah, I know. I thought that was a cool way to die. <laughs> so, like, I just don't. It's scientific. It's, it's it is sci- scientific, but I don't know science. That's true. Yeah. Uh, again, I was I've been, I was musing on this theme the entire time I was I was uh, writing my notes, but Wrath is trying to make a substitute for a family and a life, and that can only lead to pain. The funculi can never be happy because they are created from pain, it's like. Yeah, it's, um, but then Envy is trying to fuck Al shit up, and uh, Envy really is the most evil homunculus. And it comes out really in this episode. They, like, Envy realizes that you know he's not really going to become a human. He's the one. He's the one homunculus who's sort of come to grips with not being you know yeah. becoming becoming a human. He sort of revels in being evil because I mean he can never truly be happy because he's created from pain. So to find fulfillment envy you know does all makes know, pain should. i mean it, when you're in a bad yeah. mood what's the one thing you really want to do get other like, people in yeah. bad moods basically yeah that's um, envy yeah and then uh the filler kids come back in episode 48 and i was like what it's, the hell is this it's about? yusuke urameshi <laughs> is it I, I, yeah when uh the 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 ed the fake ed. okay uh, I mean, Justin Cook. That was the first uh, time I had heard Justin Cook outside of Yu Yu Hakusho, I remember. Uh, so I'm just like, what, what the fuck is this Yusuke character here doing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Um, yeah. Cool. They were funny. Mistaken Identity. Um, uh, I'm not sure what kind of ending this show is going to have. I'm hoping it's happy, but the, uh, the events are cloudy at this point, towards the end of episode 48. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what I was what I was writing about here, but the Fuhrer is a butt licker. He sniffs cigars. <laughs> I guess he just sniffed a cigar. I guess he sniffed a cigar. I'm not sure what that was about. I don't um, know what the butt licker is referring to, but sure. Frank Frank Archer, motherfucking RoboCop. Oh, so <laughs> oh, oh, you see, I just think of this scene from these couple episodes with the bubble butt. But I guess he was there earlier, and I forgot. Uh, maybe I got that wrong. I, I was because uh, we were talking about Archer before. And... Yeah, we don't have to talk again about Archer being <laughs> bubble butt. Yeah, if you get the point. Yeah, I hated hated that. Yeah, but uh, as we as we come to the end of the episode. Um, yeah. Ed's realizing that something there's something out there that that is more important than his dream. But what is more important than dreams? I guess we'll find out in the next episode. 
which is uh, episode 49. I'll turn to the next right now. Uh, the other side of the gate. So finally, we're getting some you know, some information about what what's going on in the series here, what uh, how it's going to end. Um, but it starts off with um, Selene Bradley being adorable, and, I, I, and he re- genuinely is adorable in this series. I, yeah. I, I, I can't get over that with the fact of what happens with him in Brotherhood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that was that was interesting, and then Envy uh, keeps reinforcing what I think about him. He, uh, yeah. So this peripheral character, I'm talking about uh, the Tringham's father, has a connection to Lab Five, and I say whatever, I don't care. <laughs> it's true. At this point, who cares? Okay, so Freaky Hidden City. We're, we're three episodes from the end here, and we're just introducing random, ridiculous shit. <laughs> Buried City. That that part I thought uh, was a little odd, but. They kind of, I I like these last three episodes actually. There's some ridiculous parts of it. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. personally, uh, yeah, Wrath is pathetic and sad, and I never liked him. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Basically, and uh, becoming more. more I think and more that was better. supposed to be the case. I don't think you're supposed to really like him that much. Yeah, um, yeah. Bizarro Rose is is scary in this episode. Where when they're in that uh, that 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 sort of hall in the and buried city. Dress. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, that was freaky. That um, was really weird. Yeah. So, um, more of my philosophical musings. Dante and Hohenheim put themselves above humans. They hate humanity, or at least Dante does at this point. She sees humans as corrupted and evil, and she must correct them. And Dante sees the world as being arbitrary and capricious. Nothing has meaning. Ultimately, Dante's a nihilist. She hates humans because, because, because of their happiness, it would seem. Uh, she, so she... Uh, uh, it's trying to make humans miserable to prove that human life really does have no value. Um, so, sounds about right. Yeah. Um, so uh, moving towards the end of the episode here. Um, yeah. What what happened to Ed? Uh, what the hell? What the hell happened? I mean, <laughs> so he walked off and now he's basically uh, somewhere else. I don't know where that is. Why is Beethoven's Fifth Symphony playing? I like that. That I liked. I like that they... I'm a big fan of classical music, but how did they... Uh, I forget. How did he get there? Like, did they... Sh- what did they show him doing? I forgot. Oh, I don't remember exactly. He was walking off to... Or maybe he makes... Uh, I think Dante did something. Yeah, I don't remember at this point. I don't know if I care. Yeah, it made sense it, at the time that it did. I, I, at some point, I'll have to go back and rewatch all of this, but uh, we'll get we'll get my final thoughts on the series. Yeah, at the end of this, and then the attacking metal phallus brigade comes in at the end of the episode. Yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, moving on, second to last episode, episode fifty, death. Sounds appropriate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the other side of the gate is our world. That's kind of cool. It doesn't really make sense. Although they did do a pretty good job of explaining it later on, where they sort of reveal that you know in our world, science and technology became. Uh, the predominant thing, whereas in their world, alchemy and magic were the were, yeah. what, were what was developed. So, yeah, um. I like that. That was my favorite part of the series, personally. Yeah, Archer was um, <laughs> Archer was still it was killing people at Central, and I can't not laugh at him. He's, he's, <laughs> That's he's the most ridiculous. ridiculous part. That is the part I think of when I think of Archer. Is him going around killing people while te- uh, teacher, what's her name, Izumi. Tries yeah. to stop Bubble Bart, but Archer. That's just that whole fight. Oh my god! A fucking Robocop. Robocop. No. The cannon in the mouth. Oh god, the cannon in the mouth. I forgot about the cannon in the mouth. And then also, 
<laughs> the cannon in the mouth. Yes, the cannon in the mouth. Oh my it's god. I'm a fire in my laser. <laughs> Literally what he does. Oh, continue. Um, Can't yeah. take it. Can't take uh, it. The dead people of our world power the alchemy in theirs. Is that right? Did I get that yes, right? Yes, I think that's correct. It okay. also makes sense since it's the other side of the gate if they took his arm and leg, someone else there got and vice versa. I think that's supposed to be the case. I don't remember. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Churchill makes a guest appearance. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> Zeppelin slam. Uh, and the Fuhrer now looks like Freddie Mercury. And how did then how did Ed get back through the gates? Um, and then his fight with Envy, which is probably some of the best hand to hand combat in the series, which is that's not that's not saying much, but it was it, it, that was a good fight though. That was a, that was yeah. a cool looking yeah. sort of choreographed fight. Um, and then uh, yeah, he can't be dead. He's the main character, and that's how we end that episode. <laughs> and finally, episode fifty one, laws and promises. Um, so. Yeah, Ed apparently does die, in a way. So, um, Envy apparently does kill Ed. Uh, the homunculi will be the ones who survive, according to Envy, but Envy's just deluding himself at this point. Mm. And Dante's just going on with her shit about anti-humans, we are awesome, you know. <laughs> Whatever. Go anti-humans. Although it does, uh, you know, Mustang dying was not something i was I, I, I was seeing happening in this i thought he was gonna go on but i guess i was wrong but um then it was pretty cool what they did with uh the fuhrer's death um yeah having salim basically take him out like that be responsible for it uh, which is uh really interesting um ultimately envy was you know driven by his betrayal like all homunculus are they're driven by pain they're created from pain they can't ultimately they're uh they shouldn't be so Mm-hmm. Ultimately, of course, they'll be unhappy. And then Ed turns into either a Gyarados or a Shenron when right? <laughs> he's going back through the gate. And Dante is thinking of herself to the very end. And um, Isn't it him? Oh, we find out who Envy is, right? Really? I don't remember that. Yeah, they found out. Wasn't Envy uh, Ed's stepbrother, basically? Or am I being... Yes, you're right. He was the first one. He was the first one that they created. He was right. the one that... He was the homunculus that Hohenheim had created. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that reminds me. We should have done this like a week ago when this was fresher in my head. No, no, it's fine. That that was an important point though. That's like the first important point that you missed. I think. Um, so we. Uh, I'm proud of myself I, that I remembered that because that's very I, I, quick. Yeah, and then I got really pissed off because the credits were rolling, and I'm like, "What the hell is going on here?" Um, we don't even know what happened to them, but you know, it's yeah. There's a movie. Uh, is the thing. Yeah. And then uh, oh, yeah, Roy's alive. He he wouldn't die. Uh, nothing ever works out perfectly though for him so Al's body d- didn't age in this world but Ed has disappeared so they, they, were, they, they managed to bring Al back they bring his body back having not aged from, from the gate But yeah that's had- that's the I you know I didn't realize that that made no sense until I watched Brotherhood I'm like oh yeah I guess why yeah. would he get his body back like perfect yeah. and then, yeah. so I mean like this Nazi alchemy, uh, Munich in 1921, of course. Yeah. Um, nobody believes Einstein. <laughs> I just thought it was really funny. Um, but ultimately, some sins are too big to be made right. And Ed, I was sort of scoffing at Ed's irrational confidence at the end of the at the end of the series. They're never going to see each other again. You can't recreate that without you know having an abomination against God, because that's what the uh, that's what the philosopher's stone really is ultimately. Right. So, uh, finally, final thoughts of the series. Um, 
this really redeemed it for me. I, I really enjoyed most of these episodes. It's like some minor things were annoying me, like at the end, but uh, and also the part between like the end of the series and after they got out of Lior was a little bit slow too. Where I mentioned like you know, sort of they're wasting their time running from the military like that. But right. Um, ultimately, what did you? What, I mean, what did you guys think of the ending? Because I know that. Um, I mean, I enjoyed it. I mean, I enjoyed it. It was it was definitely interesting to watch. I mean, it wasn't necessarily a happy ending, which is kind of what I was kind of hoping for. But uh, ultimately, they paid the price for what they did because what they did was wrong. What they did was wrong, and um, yeah, being separated is kind of what their penance is. Jason, why don't you start? You're probably the more skeptical one, if I had a guess. There were just too many things that really irritated me. First of all, like you said, RoboCop. I really hey, have to funny. appreciate the humor. Freeze, dirtbag. <laughs> I was, uh, I don't know. And also, I really didn't like the whole, you know, our world is the other world. That was my favorite part of the series. I'm going to be honest. I, I did not like that. I thought that was like, oh. I guess I'm the only yeah. one who really liked that. I, mean, I was, so I was, re- I was really grooving on the philosophy of it. I mean, as yeah, I mentioned so. many times throughout things, like <laughs> ultimately, Full Metal Alchemist is a celebration of life. You know, life. It's sort of it's the, the triumph of you know life over meaningless over meaninglessness. You, everyone, you derive your happiness from the people around you and the people who love you. And ultimately, the homunculi can't experience love. You can't tamper with a, a perfect creation. You can't create it. God creates it, which is, you know, not really what I believe. But that's sort of how it's the world works. Yeah. It's how the world works in Full Metal Alchemist. You know, yeah. if only God really did exist. You know, yeah, it'd be a nice world. But unfortunately, no, I, I, I mean, I like the my favorite part of the series was that it, the real world was like the, the two differences and the, the deviation point was kind of, I think, the Ho- where Hohenheim started. Uh, I, I thought I, it, I thought it actually came together pretty well. Now, when ultimately, get- I mean, the plot, the plot in these episodes, the plot started becoming less important to me because it was confusing. But the ideas about like right, right. human nature and stuff like that, that's what I was really grooving on. Uh towards the end of this because ultimately tomorrow i'm gonna go back and watch brotherhood and i'm not sure if i'll ever watch fma the original series again maybe once i'm not sure well steve what did you think of it here's one thing i like about the original uh fma series uh one of my favorite non-funimation voice actors voiced hohenheim and that's scott mcneil ah yes piccolo from vancouver yeah uh Duo Maxwell from Gundam Wing, one of my uh, favorite of his, his roles. Yeah. Uh, That's all so, on YouTube legally, Gundam Wing, and I just I started watching it again. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. interesting. Yeah. That's that's one of the things I quote fangasm over about the original series. Uh, but it's been a long time since I've seen the ending, and kind of just from what I just remember is like, yeah, the movie will just answer. No, I thought or, the movie ruined the entire well, series. This was before I saw the movies. The yeah. movie. Oh yeah, at, like, at the time hey, I thought it. Everything's gonna be answered. This yeah. is gonna be great. It's finally gonna be wrapped up. <laughs> That's what ha, I was thinking. Ha, ha. <laughs> I don't I don't Jason even... did express that very well. That's exactly what I was thinking in the exact reaction I had after. <laughs> Just one of the one of the thoughts that I remember having was like, ooh, that's a painful death for uh for Dante. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't care. I hated her. She was. Did yeah. she die? What was it? Uh, she was pretty much trapped in an elevator with a hungry gluttony. Oh, that was so. great. I thought yeah. that was fantastic. That oh was, yeah, that, that was, was that was just just desserts yeah. for her. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's been a while, and I've been I really wanted to watch the original series now and actually be able to see every episode. But mm. I just remember just being, oh uh, yeah, I'm not expecting a whole lot to yeah. be. Uh, oh, yeah. Ultimately, I don't know. I I don't know if I'll be able to keep both of these in my head. I don't think I'll be able to keep both Brotherhood and and the manga and the original series sort of existing as separate entities in my head. And I, I and because of you know having watched Brotherhood and reading the manga all the way through, um, I kept I just kept getting confused. Like I was comparing things to the way they are in Brotherhood and in the manga, and it's better in there. It's better in the manga. It's better oh, in Brotherhood. God. It's a better oh, yeah. world. <laughs> it's a happier ending. Yeah, well, that's we don't have to get into that for people who don't know. But um, I, I'm well. I'm glad you ended up enjoying it a little more at the time. I, I mean, heading into the Full Metal Alchemist world with that, and I think that was the case for Steve and myself, right? Mm-hmm. Those were the first series we saw. Um, it was a lot of fun, and in retrospect, you could do better, I guess. I could, I could, I could see enjoying this a lot if I didn't know that the manga and Brotherhood were better and had more right. coherent explanations for things. Which, which I did because Brotherhood didn't exist, and the right. manga was not that far when I was watch, when I was yeah, I mean, watching this. It, it suffers in comparison, but for you know, for what it was, it's a it's a pretty good series minus the horrible like quarter. Yeah, of the series stretched. I, like, I do remember there being a tough period. Well, no, that like that the first two discs of um, season, season two. two yeah. yeah, like the, those those thirteen, ten to thirteen. The period episodes. between Greed and Lior, I remember being very tough. Well, like, basically, it's the end of Laboratory Five and Lior. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, I think we've talked FMA the original series to death. Uh, we, I think you will have to watch Conqueror of Shambhala at one point. Yeah, but I think we might be reviewing Volume Twenty Five of the manga next month. So we'll I think that. I think we'll do Conqueror of Shambhala maybe when uh, Stars. Uh, what was it? The uh, the new uh, Brotherhood movie comes out, and we'll do a double feature or something, and uh, we'll see what you think of that. And you're gonna hate me for making you watch it. Um, that's what you think. See, I might, I might think different. It looks really nice. It, it's an awful movie. <laughs> Jason, come on, it's an awful movie, right? It is an awful movie. Steve, is it an awful movie? Um, I don't remember hating it, but I don't remember liking really it. <laughs> liking it. You know, yeah, I was you like, all, oh, okay. You all have to, you all have to watch it. You all have to. Watch okay, it. we'll all watch it with you. That's. I have the special edition DVD. I well, did they come out with the Blu-ray, Jason? Yeah, they did. Okay, mm-hmm. then we'll watch it with Jason's Blu-ray. It's like ten bucks. I believe it. Anyway, all right. That's what it's worth. That, that's apparently. it. I think. Yeah. Okay. Well, in that case, uh, let's round off the show. Full Metal Podcast. This has been the Full Metal Podcast for July 2011. We went through some, uh, well, we went through a lot of FMA, the original series, with Ed. It was fun, though. Uh, in, in, in short, it was pretty good, but the plot was confusing and the ideas were better. In uh, Brotherhood, you mean? No, 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 no. I'm saying the ideas of this show, like the concepts that it had introduced, were, um, were better than the execution and the oh, plot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also had an interview with uh, Trina Nishimura. Uh, once again, I, we want to thank her. That was an awesome interview. Uh, orange juice aside, right? Uh, we also did a, a lot of news, and uh, we we have a couple things coming up. Uh, Ed, do you remember them? Since we're reversing roles for this end part. 
No. <laughs> okay. Well, we have forums on RoftelForums.com. Uh, check those out. Be part of the community. Uh, there's a big Full Metal Alchemist section, so have fun there. Uh, we also uh, have a contest going on. 15 minutes of fame. You could win an interview with one of your favorite Funimation voice actors who's on Full Metal Alchemist. It could be Vic Mignogna. It could be someone else. One of those. Um, so just submit it. Submit your uh, YouTube or video to fullmetalpodcast at gmail.com. Send those over to us. We, ha- we don't have enough entries considering what we're giving away here. So come on, get to it. Let's do it. Uh, and send in your equivalent exchange. This has been, I know this has been a little bit of an off month and we're a little late. Uh, but getting interviews every month could sometimes be a little bit of a hassle, not a hassle, a difficult thing to do. Uh, so that's why the schedule is all over the place, but we will make sure to get one out every month, even if it's on the 26th of the month or 20, whatever this date is, it's probably going to be 30th. Um, so we hope you enjoy the show. Uh, Ed, how could the good people contact us? They can contact us at fullmetalpodcast.com or roftelforums.com, our new forums. Uh, so, uh, Facebook.com slash Full Metal Podcast, Twitter.com slash FMA Podcast, and uh, email us at fullmetalpodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, or call us on our phone number, Zach. That phone number is 347 497 6254. We hope you could call anytime there. Um, and remember, go to our website, fullmetalpodcast.com, uh, for all the good stuff. Uh, including a link to the four-minute clip that we mentioned earlier. If I do not have that, uh, you have permission to yell at me. Uh, Just not too loudly, please. Um, And we also have all of our previous eight episodes. And if you're a new fan and you're starting here, go back and they're timeless episodes, basically, uh, and enjoy... um, And all the interviews are really good. And all the interviews. I'm very proud of this podcast as like a cohesive unit. So go back, listen to those if you want. Um, so yeah, that's, I think that's all we got today. So, uh, my name is Zach. My name is Ed. My name is Steve. And my name is Jason. See you next time, everyone. Next month. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.